Blog Talk Radio. Radio show brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Hello, ladies. This is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this beautiful day, and as always, bringing you what? inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, and your ideas a success. Ladies, I pray that you had a fantastic weekend and that you are ready to be so productive this week. You are ready to step into the shoes as the CEO of your business, be the leader that your business needs. Now, here we are in the month of October, and um, we are going to continue on really talking about things that help us to be successful in business. So our theme for all of the month of October is, Daily Routines for Success. That is right. Remember, last month was Habits, the Keys to Your Success, right? And so routines are similar to habits, and there are routines that we need to get used to doing, things that we need to work into the ordinary, everyday flow of our business because they help us to build better habits. They help us to stay consistent. More than that, Um, The more we get used to doing something, the more we can enhance it, improve upon it, and be very strong in that particular area. And it's no difference with our daily routines. So again, all this month, we're going to be looking at various facets and areas of routines that we can really embrace and adopt adopt into our, um, you know, our workflow and make sure that it is happening properly, right? And so again, you want to mark your calendar for every month during the month of October. I'm sorry, for every Monday during the month of October, right? And I just want to remind everybody, one, two, three, four. Now, there are four Mondays in October this Uh, this month, but we do have, I believe we have five Sundays in October. So originally I was thinking that it was going to be five Mondays, but there are four Mondays. And so again, each of the Mondays, I will be choosing a different area of routine for your business that you can adopt and uh, start seeing some results, right? Very, very excited about that. Of course, our additional lineup for today includes five questions of business leadership, five questions of business leadership, and I'll be uh, reading an excerpt from our featured book that we will be bringing on into this month of October, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And this, uh, this month, I am not only going to be reading Um, excerpts from our featured book, but I am going to be doing a couple of worksheets that I think will really help you as uh, you embrace building better habits, coming up with more solutions uh, for consistency in your business. Today, I'll be reading from Chapter 6, Motivation is Overrated, Environment Often Matters More. And so, again, I'll be reading from that particular chapter. And, of course, last month I mentioned – that the holiday season is coming all upon us, and there are some things that we need to be doing. So I'll be, again, bringing you some more ideas uh, as you begin to look at what your holiday campaign is going to be. So I'm very, very excited to be here with you today. Make sure that you have a pen and your uh, notepad so that you can capture this good information that you're going to receive. Let's go ahead and move right into Five questions of business leadership. Now, ladies, remember, every year at the top of the year, I choose five flagship questions that you will be able to ask yourself as often as you need to for the new year. And usually these questions are designed 
to help you improve as time goes on. And so are these questions right here about business leadership. So we have about, you know, a little less than three months of reading these questions, and they are the same questions. But remember, and this is the key part right here, even though you ask yourself consistently the same question, it doesn't mean that you're always going to have the same answer. And that's the beauty of asking yourself these questions. As you begin to grow, as you begin to develop new techniques and principles and strategies and routines in your business, your answers are going to be different, which then takes you to a whole new level, a whole new height. So again, ask them as often as you need. And if you hadn't been really taking the quiet time to ask yourself these questions, then now's a good time to get started. Ask them of yourself every day. I tell you what, the one thing that they will do is they will let you know the areas that need improvement in your business, and that is that gives you the signal to get back to the drawing board and to build a better solid foundation under your business, right? So here's question number one. Have I prepared my mindset for greatness? Now, I just want to say this. You know, mindset, really, when you look at it, it is the one thing that propels you to be successful in your business. And so many things go on every single day when it comes to our mindset. Our mindset, if we, we, if we are living, breathing human beings, our mindsets are impacted not only by what we choose to put in it, right, but our mindsets, whether we like it or not, are impacted by our environment. Our mindsets are impacted by the people around us. We turn on the television and our mindset is impacted by whatever is on the television. Why? Because we have something called the subconscious mind, and the subconscious mind sees neither right or wrong, but it absorbs everything like a sponge, and it holds on to it, and it retains it, and it compartmentalizes and puts it in different folders, if you may, and, and it never forgets it, right? But the thing of it is, is that the more of the same thing that's repeated and embeds itself into your subconscious mind, the more it builds a habit. And when it forms a habit, it forms a belief. And so this is why you need to take the reins and be better prepared about what goes into your mind. You are the one that should be preparing your mindset for greatness. Ask yourself questions such as, what beliefs and habits do I need? to support my vision and my goals, right? Because you don't leave it up to the fact that you're already prepared to be a success. No, success is a continual work. So you must constantly be learning new ways to ensure that you are successful in the different areas of your life that you, that you desire. And then you want to take a look at your morning personal development. Mornings are always the better time, being that our whole universal system is based on the rising and the fall of the sun, right? And so um, most experts say that we are better thinkers in the morning, but some of us have gotten ourselves into such crazy habits of rest that some of us, such as me, I might add, you know, will stay up all night, you know, doing a lot of different things. And then when the morning comes, you're too tired to do things. And so I have been breaking myself out of that habit. And so I want to suggest that in the mornings that you look at, you know, scheduling 30 minutes of time just for personal development. Here's another thing you need to be asking yourself to build your mindset up. And that is you need to be creating your own affirmations that are customized and personal to you. That's right. Um, you need to start yourself a collection of affirmations, and it could be in different areas. One idea is to get basically an index card box, right, a three-by-five index card box, and, and buy yourself some of those um, tabs that go into the index card box and have different tabs for different um, emotions of your life, right? You know, um, you can have a tab for business, right? Uh, and those would be affirmations that you've created for business. You could have um, a tab for challenges. 
You know, you've got challenges in your life, things are going on, and so there are affirmations to encourage you uh, about challenges and moving forward, right? You can have a family tab that, you know, uh, affirmations about having a family environment. You know, so you get to decide on, you know, the affirmations that you want. But I'm here to tell you that it is nothing like having personal power, right? Because that's really what it is. When you are able to tap within your own personal power and you are able to get yourself to do things and to feel things, then I can guarantee you, you can take yourself to levels that you would never even imagine. You would go higher uh, in a shorter period of time. And listen, positive thinking is very, very important. It's It's an important part of what goes into your mind. You know, there's so many experts out there that are now saying, oh, positive thinking can set you up to fail. Well, how is that? And I think what they're talking about is that you can you can do so much positive thinking that you begin to believe it. But that's what you want. You want to believe your positive thinking. And it can't set you up to fail if you take action on the positive thinking that you are doing. And so I 100% disagree with any movement that's going on right now that says positive thinking um, is dead. There's no such thing as positive thinking. You shouldn't be positive thinking. I, I don't understand people who say such stupid things, right? I mean, think about it. Who wants to walk around saying, I'm a failure, or I'm going to fail, or I'm going... No, you don't want to feed that crap into your mindset. You want to feed positive things into your mindset. I am a successful woman. I will take off my shoes of fear and put on my shoes of courage and step beyond my comfort zone, right? You know, I will generate leads this week. I will be all affirming. I will move fear to the side. You don't you don't want to say things that are going to take away from who you want to be. And so positive affirmations are a necessity, right? Um, Because they continuously reinforce who we want to be. And no better person than to create uh, your own affirmations but you, right? Here's number two. Are my beliefs in alignment with my vision and my goals? Listen, I'm here to tell you this is a technique that I use, and it has become a routine for me. Uh, Every time I come up with a new idea, every time I think about something new, a campaign that I want to do in my business, this is one of the first questions I ask myself. Trina, this is what you say you want, but listen, are your beliefs in alignment with your vision and your goals for what you are trying to do? What is it that may be a negative habit that may work against this? And this is what you want to be looking at. And so you better believe that we all have beliefs that work against what we want. And, you know, it goes back into what I was talking about from the very beginning is that, you know, when you're talking about your mindset and it helping you with success, the point is, is that we all are possibly to environments and information that is of a negative nature that work against the very things that we want. And so this is why a lot of people choose not to listen to the news. This is why a lot of people stray away from certain individuals, because every time they are around them, they're doing a whole lot of negative talking, and they are naysayers around the individual. And so you get to choose. And so So it is with your beliefs. It's important to put yourself in check and to look at what you believe. The more you get to know yourself, the more you can improve upon things uh, that can help you and work in your behalf, okay? Here's number three. What do I want to accomplish by this Friday? Now, I must admit that this question is a smaller question to a bigger system, right, in that you really should be planning your business out on an annual basis. And and nothing is ever locked in to where you can't make changes and tweaks, right? But normally, around this time of year, for example, you're supposed to be planning your strategy and what you'd like to see accomplished in your business. Um, for the next 12 months. And once you do that, uh, then what you need to be doing 
is you need to then break it down by quarter, break it down by month, and then, of course, your months are broken down into weeks. So when you get to each of your weeks, you, you are able to ask yourself, uh, what do I want to accomplish by this Friday? Now, there are three very important things that always have to be included in your answers for this question, and that is, as a business owner, you always have to make sure that you are including marketing, your sales goals, and the number of new leads that you want to generate, okay? Those three things you can't get around. Those three things are a must. They must be included. And so, um, you know, again, I can't stress enough about marketing, sales goals, and new leads. These are the three things that make your business. Without them, you absolutely have no business, and that's just the truth of it, okay? Here's number four. How can I be an asset to my business. You know, I've been thinking about this question more and more for myself uh, lately. You know, how can I be a better asset? And one of the things that I had to admit to myself is that, you know what, I need to move aside on some things and let someone else handle it. Now, for all of you people who are about control and uh, seem to have a thought that nobody can do something or a task better than you can, or that you've been discouraged because every time you give away a task to somebody, they never do it right, or when they do do it right, they let you down and say they can no longer do it or what have you, okay? Any of those combinations. But here's the thing. Sometimes as business owners, we have to move aside and allow a virtual assistant or allow someone else to help us with routine tasks that need to get done so that it can free up our time and we can be a better ambassador for our businesses. And this is very, very key. So when you're looking at asking yourself that question, how can I be an asset to my business, it's also looking at outside of yourself and being very objective and say, you know, what do I need to get out of the way about? You know, what do I need to remove myself from and let someone else help me, right? And then you can also ask yourself the questions, am I seeking out new collaborations, you know? Uh, are there people that do similar things but not the exact same thing that see my same target audience? And then, of course, am I leading my power team? Now, let me just say this, and I'm going to slow it down just for a minute or two just to talk about a power team. For those of you that are new to the show, a power team is basically a group of individuals, professionals, that have expertise in a specific area that are going to actually take over doing a task or running a project or managing some facet of your business, right? Now, most of the times for solo entrepreneurs, a power team, uh, most of the individuals are not employees. They are contractors. And most of the time, when you're a solopreneur, those contractors will work for you when you need them, but they have their own businesses and are also servicing others. So you're not feeling like, oh, my goodness, I'm totally responsible for 100% of this person's salary because that's not the case. But what I find all too often is that most women tend to prejudge themselves when it comes to their business, and they feel that they're not big enough for a power team. And I, I just want to let you ladies know that that mind thought, that path in and of itself works against you and succeeding in your business. I don't care if it's just you, you, and you, and if you're bringing in $5 a week. You need a power team. That's the whole purpose of it. A power team helps you shorten your learning curve, right, because those individuals are experts in things that you would have to read a book on or learn or uh, you would have a, a, a huge or short learning curve. So those individuals cut that out for you, and then they help to move your business along faster by being able to simultaneously get a lot of different tasks done that you actually need, okay? And so that's very, very key. And so I want to challenge you that if you've never thought about you know, building a power team of individuals, because all it is is 
making a list of the different roles that you think need to be played in your business from, you know, a task or project perspective. You know, I need a graphic designer. I know I need a content writer uh, or I need someone to, to follow up on my leads. I need someone um, to work in sales, whatever it is that you need. I want to challenge you to build your list of power team um, individuals and then reach out and connect with others. Now, if you don't have people that are in certain areas that you need, then ask other business women who may who seem to be doing really well. You like how their business looks. You like how their business appears on social media. They seem to have their act. Ask them, who are you using for graphics? Who do you use for this, that, or the other, right? Um, because oftentimes they are going to to share with you those particular individuals if they are not full-time working for them, right? Here's number five. Last but not least in the five questions of business leadership, am I investing in myself and my business? Now, this, this particular question here really calls you to step up uh, and step out on these three things. Are you investing in your health and your wellness? This is very, very important. Um, I know for a fact that investing in your health and wellness has a lot to do with your business because if you're tired all the time, if you lack the energy, you don't even feel like coming up with new ideas. You don't even feel like working on um, a particular business project or strategy, right? Uh, if you're not exercising, if you're not drinking eight glasses of water a day, if there are things that you're not doing for your better uh, health, then guess what? It is definitely going to impact how uh, enhancing you are with your business. Okay, are you investing in marketing and advertisement? Well, ladies, I want to let you know the time has come while organic marketing, meaning that you're coming up with marketing strategies to be known, seen, and brand without having to pay for it per se, you cannot do without advertising if you're looking for immediate leads. Now, that's just the truth of it. Suck it up. Come up with a marketing budget. Figure out what you can do, okay? Here's the third thing, personal development and coaching. I can't begin to tell you how many of my clients that are always saying, I can't believe I waited this long to get coaching. Uh, I can't believe it's helping me and pushing me forward this quickly. But usually uh, within a 90-day period of time that I work with clients, um, I really am sharing all of the things that have helped me to really create a good six-figure business, right? And what I do is all my failures and the things that I've learned from those failures, I share with my clients so they don't have to go down the same road. But all of my successes, the tools, the resources, all of the things that actually work, I'm able to then show my clients so they don't have to spend hours or days or months researching or they don't have to procrastinate on things because I'm there to hold them accountable, hold their hands and walk them through the process. So that's why most people, when they do have a coach, they see themselves moving along further. So again, I want to encourage you, if you have not had the opportunity to take advantage of your free Power Talk, which is a 30 to 45-minute coaching session where we can come up with marketing ideas, we can work on challenges that you might be having, we can look at ways to grow your business. Heck, it's the holiday time. We can talk about, you know, building your holiday campaign. But if you have not had your free Power Talk session this year, then you need to go ahead and take advantage of it because you only have two months left. I don't do Power Talks during the month of December. So you have two months left. So I want to encourage you today, don't procrastinate. Stop trying to be perfect. Stop trying to put things together. Um, that is not necessarily when you need to go to a coach. You go to a coach because you don't have it all together, because you need assistance, because you do need help coming up with better ideas and ways to market and grow your business, right? And so if you have not, only if you have not had a Power Talk uh, complimentary for this year, go ahead and go to womenaboutbiz.net and then right there on the main homepage, all you need to do is just scroll down midway and you'll see that section that says 
free coaching section. You don't see it there, just click on coaching in the top right menu bar and the time you get on the coaching page, you're going to see, boom, free coaching session just for you. The instructions are there. Click to schedule now. And I want to encourage all of you to go ahead and get your scheduling in. We only accept so many Power Talks every single week and every single month. And so again, it's important for you to take advantage of things when they are being offered for you. So many of you have listened to the Successful Woman radio show for more than three or four months. So you know the information that I am giving you is solid. So here's your opportunity to get something customized just for you. Schedule your Power Talk today and share with other businesswomen about the free Power Talk coaching section session. It's $125 value. Um, and not only that, but after our Power Talk, you'll even get a Power Talk session summary. How about that? So we go the extra mile just for you. Well, ladies, I want to let you know that this month, all during the month of October, is National Breast Cancer Month. And I want to remind all of you to really not just this month, but every day, every month, to always be thinking about the fact that, you know, breast cancer has risen up there uh, at the top, right, along with heart attacks for women, and especially for women of color. And so I want to remind you this month, if you have not already, I want you to visit the National Breast Cancer Foundation. And you can go to their website, nationalbreastcancer.org. Again, nationalbreastcancer.org. A wonderful, wonderful website. I love all of the education that they're putting out there. They're probably more educational than many of the other breast cancer sites that are out there. Um, and again, National Breast Cancer Month goes from October 1st through the 31st. There are a lot of things going on, but I just want to remind you that if you haven't done a, a self-breast exam um, in a long time, then now is the time for you to do uh, a breast exam, right? Uh, it's important for us as women to know our bodies and not be fearful of that. And we must teach our daughters not to be fearful of their bodies and to know every part of their bodies, right? Including um, the vagina, the vajayjay, as as many people refer to it. Girls need to stop being afraid and scared to to say words such as their, you know, to talk about their breasts, to talk about their private parts, because moms and aunties and sisters, older sisters, we need to be sharing the correct information with our young ones, right? Because if not, the truth of the matter is, is that they're going to learn it out there in the streets, right? They're going to learn it at school, learn it from some friend who may not have the right information. So again, it's about making sure that you provide your daughter with the right mindset when it comes to her body. And all little girls need to be in the right mindset when it comes to their bodies. So very, very important. There have been times where um, I have, you know, talked to little girls who are 9, 10, 11, 12, who are just coming on their menstrual cycle, and, and their mommies haven't prepared them in any way for that, right? And so, again, um, I want to encourage you as we look at um, being better prepared in all areas of our lives, let us, you know, rise up and recognize that breast cancer is a serious thing amongst women of all races. And then women of color seem to have a double whammy with two or three different forms of breast cancer that are specific to us. And so, again, visit um, the nationalbreastcancer.org website. And if you can, make a donation, no matter how small, collectively we all can pull together to make a difference. So very, very important. But they've got some guides, some educational guides um, on the National Breast Cancer site that are 
so good, right? Um, and they are at no cost. You can pull them down as a PDF. And so there are all kinds of things that you can do. So some suggestion is that if you still have daughters, um, you know, that are below the age of 18, or even if you have older adult daughters, one of the things that I want to encourage you to do is really, you know, maybe uh, have a lunch, a luncheon at your house where your daughters can invite their daughters and uh, you can invite others and you can print off the, the educational guides as PDF and hand it out and talk about the importance of self-breath examination. There are even videos that show you how to properly examine your breath right? And so you can play the video, you can talk about it, and you can make people aware of breast cancer. You can even do webinars um, during National Breast Cancer Month. Um, So don't forget, you can create social media posts, you can do all kinds of things. And if your target audience is women, then this is a really good opportunity from an authentic standpoint to educate women about breast cancer and even educate women about breast problems that aren't breast cancer, right? And so, again, uh, I want to encourage you, if you're looking for one website that really contains a lot of great information, it is the nationalbreastcancer.org. And please know that if you or any of your family members have been diagnosed with breast cancer, know that it is one of the things that I fervently pray to all the time for better uh, medicine, better doctors, better research, a cure for this particular type and form of cancer. So again, National Breast Breast Cancer Month, pay attention, ladies, stay present. Okay, so, you know, all this month, and uh, we're going to continue on with the book, Atomic Habits, by author James Clear. Uh, Many of you have written me emails and talked about um, the aha moments you have had with this book and how um, you can't believe um, how many habits that you have caught that need to be tossed out and kicked to the curb uh, that you need to get rid of them. And some of you have even said that you have discovered habits that have been working against you. And because you weren't paying attention to the habit, you have continued to repeat it. So today I'm going to be reading to you from chapter six of the book, Atomic Habits, Motivation is Overrated, Environment often matters more. The author says Anne Thorndike, a primary care physician at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, had a crazy idea. She believed she could improve the eating habits of thousands of hospital staff and visitors without changing their willpower or motivation in the slightest way. In fact, she didn't plan on talking to them about it at all. Thorndike and her colleagues designed a six-month study to alter the choice architecture of the hospital cafeteria. They started by changing how drinks were arranged in the room. Originally, the refrigerators located next to the cash registers in the cafeteria were filled with only soda. The researchers added water as an option to each one. Additionally, they placed baskets of bottled water next to the food stations throughout the room. Soda was still in the primary refrigerators, but water was now available at all drinking locations. Over the next three months, the number of soda sales at the hospital dropped by 11.4%. Meanwhile, sales of bottled water increased by 25.8%. They made similar adjustments and saw similar results with the food in the cafeteria. Nobody had said a word to anyone eating there. He said, people often choose products not because of what they are, but because of where they are. If I walk into the kitchen and see a plate of cookies on the counter, I'll pick up half a dozen and start eating, even if I hadn't been thinking about them beforehand and didn't necessarily feel hungry, he says. If the communal table at the office is always filled with donuts and bagels, it's going to be hard not to grab one every now and then. Your habits change depending on the room you are in and the cues in front of you. Environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. Despite our unique personalities, certain behaviors tend to arise again and again under certain environmental conditions. In church, people tend to talk in whispers. On a dark street, people act wary and guarded. 
In this way, the most common form of change is not internal, but external. We are changed, he says, by the world around us. Every habit is context-dependent. In 1936, he says, psychologist Kurt Lewin wrote a simple equation that makes a powerful statement. Behavior is a function of the person in their environment. It didn't take long for Lewin's equation to be tested in business. In 1952, the economist Hawkins Stern described the phenomenon he called suggestion impulse buying, which is triggered when a shopper sees a product for the first time and visualizes a need for it. In other words, customers will occasionally buy products not because they want them, but because of how they are presented to them. Now, I'm just stopping right here because, ladies, you know as well as I know that this is all too true. Many of you listening to this excerpt right now are probably shaking your head up and down because when we go to the grocery store, look at what's placed at the cash register, all of the candies, the gums, the sodas. Okay, look at what's at the cash registers and look at what's put in front of us out front. He says, for example, items at eye level tend to be purchased more than those down near the floor. For this reason, you'll find expensive brand names featured in easy-to-reach locations on store shelves because they drive the most profit, while cheaper alternatives are tucked away in harder-to-reach spots. The same goes for end caps, which are the units at the end of the aisles. End caps are money-making machines for retailers because they are obvious location that encounters a lot of foot traffic. For example, 45% of Coca-Cola sales come specifically from the end of the aisle racks. The more obviously available a product or service is, the more likely you are to try it. People drink Bud Light because it is in every bar and visit Starbucks because it's on every corner. We like to think that we are in control. If we choose water over soda, we assume it's because we wanted to do so. The truth, however, is that many of the actions we take each day are shaped not by purposeful drive and choice, but by the most obvious option. Every living being has its own methods for sensing and understanding the world. Eagles have remarkable long-distance vision. Snakes can smell by tasting the air with their highly sensitive tongues. Sharks can detect small amounts of electricity and vibrations in the water caused by nearby fish. Even bacteria have chemoreceptors, tiny sensory cells that allow them to detect toxic chemicals in their environment. In humans, perception is directed by the sensory nervous system. We perceive the world through sight, sound, smell, touch, and taste, but we also have other ways of sensing stimuli. Some are conscious, but many are non-conscious. For example, you can notice when the temperature drops before a storm or when the pain in your gut rises during a stomach ache or when you fall off balance while walking on a rocky ground. Receptors in your body pick up on a wide range of internal stimuli, such as the amount of salt in your blood or the need to drink when thirsty. The most powerful of all human sensory abilities, however, is vision. The human body has about 11 million, 11 million sensory receptors. Approximately 10 million of those are dedicated to sight. Wow, did you guys know that? The human body, again, has about 11 million sensory receptors. Approximately 10 million are dedicated to sight. Some experts estimate that half of the brain's resources are used on vision. Given that we are more dependent on vision than any other sense, it should come to no surprise that visual cues are the greatest catalyst of our behavior. For this reason, a small change in what you see can lead to a big shift in what you do. As a result, you can imagine how important it is to live and work in environments that are filled with productive cues and devoid of unproductive ones. Thankfully, there is good news in this respect. You don't have to be the victim of your environment. You can also be the architect of it. So he says, Here's how to design your environmental success. During the energy crisis and all embargo of the 1970s, Dutch researchers began to pay close attention to the country's energy usage. In one suburb near Amsterdam, for example, they found that some homeowners used 30% less energy than their neighbors, despite the homes being of similar size and getting electricity for about the same price. 
It turned out that the houses in this neighborhood were nearly identical except for one feature, the location of the electrical meter. Some had one in the basement. Others had the electrical meter upstairs in the main hallway. As you may guess, the homes with the meters located in the main hallway used less electricity. When their energy use was obvious and easy to track, people changed their behavior. The author goes on to say that every habit is initiated by a cue, C-U-E, and we are more likely to notice cues that stand out. Unfortunately, the environments where we live and work often make it easy not to do certain actions because there, there is no obvious cue to trigger the behavior. It, it is easy not to practice the guitar when it's tucked away in the closet. It's easy not to read a book when the bookshelf is in the corner of the guest room. It's easy not to take your vitamins when they are out of sight in the pantry. When the cues that spark a habit are subtle or hidden, they are easy to ignore. By comparison, creating obvious visual cues can draw your attention toward a desired habit. In the early 1990s, the cleaning staff at Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam installed a small sticker that looked like a fly near the center of each urinal. Apparently, when men stepped up to the urinals, they aimed for what they thought was a bug. The stickers improved their aim and significantly reduced spillage around the urinal. Further analysis determined that the stickers cut bathroom cleaning by 8% every year. He says, I've experienced the power of obvious cues in my own life. I used to buy apples from the store, put them in the crisper in the bottom of the refrigerator, and forget all about them. By the time I remember, the apples would have gone bad. I never saw them, so I never ate them. Eventually, I took my own advice and redesigned my environment. I bought a large display bowl, placed it in the middle of the kitchen counter. The next time I bought apples, that was where they went out in the open where I could see them. Almost like magic, I began eating a few apples each day simply because they were obvious rather than out of sight. He says, here are a few ways that you can design your environment and make the cues for your preferred habits more obvious. If you want to remember to take your medication each night, put your pills bottle directly next to the faucet on the bathroom counter. If you want to practice guitar more frequently, Place your guitar stand in the middle of the living room. If you want to remember to send more thank you notes, keep a stack of stationery on your desk. If you want to drink more water, fill up a few water bottles each morning and place them in common locations around the house. If you want to make a habit a big part of, of your life, make the cue a big part of your environment. The most persistent behaviors usually have multiple cues. Consider how many different ways a smoker could be prompted to pull out a cigarette, driving in the car, seeing a friend smoke, feeling stressed at work, and so on. The same strategy can be employed for good habits. By sprinkling triggers throughout your surroundings, you increase the odds that you'll think about your habit throughout the day. Make sure the best choice is the most obvious one. Making a better decision is easy and natural when the cues for a good habit are right in front of you. He says environment design is powerful not only because it influences how we engage with the world, but also because we rarely do it. Most people live in a world others have created for them, but you can alter the spaces where you live and work to increase your exposure to positive cues and reduce your exposure to negative ones. Environment design allows you to take back control and become the architect of your life. Be the designer of your world and not merely the consumer of it. So, ladies, I hope that you guys have had some aha moments. And I want to point out one big cue that I think is very, very important. You know, a lot of people who want to lose weight have so many negative cues all around them. And then when they aren't able to lose the weight or they aren't able to be consistent, they, they just feel like they're a failure, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I can't stay on this diet or I can't eat better. But here's this. One of the things that a, um, a, a coach has you to do when they are trying to help you with weight loss is that literally they have you to gut out your whole kitchen 
literally. And you can't make this the excuse. I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, just because I want to lose weight it doesn't mean my family um, is not, uh, it shouldn't, should be subjected to, to what I need to do. So I'm going to still keep chips and all of these different things in the house. I'm still going to do it. But here's the thing. You have to gut out the kitchen and start replacing it with healthy things. Your family needs to eat healthy too, right? And so you've got to replace it with healthy things. For, for example, um, most coaches will tell you, well, if you if you insist on having chips, buy a chip that you really don't like that much because you know you aren't going to pick it up that much, but your family might eat it. Um, you know, if you need to drink more water, again, keep bottled water accessible to you in the refrigerator and in different areas. And so it's 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 about eliminating the negative cues around you to help you with the positive cues and habits that you need to embrace. And so with business, it's the same thing. One cue that I think is very, very important is that you should build a desire to see a clear desk in the morning. It's so important. And so you should automatically maybe put a sticky up reminder, clean desk before I leave out of office or clean desk before I go to bed. You should have something to automatically remind you because coming to a clean desk really sets your day. It really helps you to focus on the important things and not clutter your mind up with a whole bunch of stuff that when you start touching it, it takes you into a whole nother world, right? And so you can have positive cues that literally help you. You can have control over your environment. And so I want to challenge all of you to take a look at um, your environment and the things that are around you. What gets in your way that causes you to procrastinate on certain things about business? Now, for me, for example, I have a cardinal rule that, thank goodness, I have built a habit on, which is I don't turn on the TV during my working hours. I mean, and I consider my working hours to be like, you know, 9 to about 6 p.m. I don't turn on the TV uh, because if I do, I know that it's going to distract me and it's going to cause me to, to, um, to really not even focus. I've seen a time where around 11 or 12, I decided I'm going to turn on the TV and eat my lunch in front of the TV and, I, and I'll look back up and it's 5 o'clock all of those hours. So again, I want you guys to pay attention to the cues that take away from you and the cues that enhance whatever it is that you want to be doing. And so you need to have a really good routine. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So again, for those of you that have not gotten your copy of Atomic Habits. What in the world are you waiting on? Get your copy of Atomic Habits by James Clear and follow right along with us. This month, I'm going to be presenting two worksheets that you as a listener will get a chance to have um, that I think will really, really help you in pulling together your thoughts when it comes to your habits and developing better habits that enhance what it is that you want in your business and life. And so stay tuned uh, for that. As all this month, we're going to be talking about daily routines for success, and this has everything to do with habits, right? And so let's get started with moving right into our theme for this month, Daily Routines for Success. Why did I pick this? Why do I want to even talk about this after we've just gotten off of the topic of habits, the key to your success? Why do I want to move on into daily routines? Why? Well, habits are very, very vital and important, right? And we have talked about the different types of habits, why you need to watch the habits that um, are influencing your life and influencing your business. But then routines, similar to habits, routines are also important. So first, let's take a look at what is a business route. Okay, a business routine is a set of actions or tasks that are performed as a regular procedure, Okay, meaning that it's not something special that is done only once a month, once a week, or what have you, but it's something that's routine. It's normally done on a frequent basis. And so today, I want to talk to you about morning routines and why morning routines are so very, very important. And so each morning, there are a set of tasks 
that you should be paying close attention to. So the first thing you need to understand is for a business owner, in order to have consistent routines that enhance your business, that help you to have a higher level of productivity, what you really need to be doing is creating your workflow system, right? A workflow system, for example, is from the, from the time the new day starts until the end of the day, what's supposed to be happening in, in between there in my business, right? What's supposed to be going on and how, how do I handle certain things? So I want to just talk about some of the regular uh, routine, daily routines, okay? Because creating and, and really sticking to a routine can not only help your business day to run smoother, okay, but it's going to build really strong habits for you as a CEO for your business. So two things go on, and this is very important. There are two directions you can go with routine. First of all, if you are a solo entrepreneur and you don't necessarily have an executive assistant or someone else that's close to you that's helping you to push out certain things, then as a solo entrepreneur, you've got to figure out what are the first things that you need to be doing in the mornings that, that contribute to having a productive day for yourself, okay? So I'm going to give you a list of things that are very important for business owners that you should be paying close attention to, okay? So the first thing that you need to be taking a look at is your calendar. You need to be looking at whether or not you have any appointments, you need to be taking a look and making sure that you've also identified what the goal is that you would like to see accomplished for the week. What are the things that are important that need to get done? And then you need to, again, you've got to go back into that calendar and make sure for the week that you have identified and, and have items that are going to enhance getting that thing done, getting those goals accomplished, that those items are, are put in a time slot in order for you to get it done, right? Those are very, very, very important. So that each day when you go look at your calendar, you know that you are looking at things that are all enhancing, all encompassing, and that are contributing to you accomplishing your goals for the week. Now, if you have an executive assistant or a virtual assistant, someone that is actually helping you with all of the things that you are doing then the one thing that I want you to do is, first of all, is you have to make sure that you have also, in addition to scheduling the task, you have to make sure that if you've delegated the task and you're not doing it, you have to schedule follow-up in your calendar. So you need to schedule follow-up to make sure that it becomes a routine to follow up and ask how a particular task is actually going. And so that is, needs to be scheduled in your calendar as well. So morning routines are very important in that sense. Now, if you don't have a business that's email dependent, meaning that um, you don't necessarily have to look in the email in the mornings um, because your business is dependent on calls and other types of communication, then don't look in the email. Look in the email later. But if your business is email dependent, then you need to also be checking your email uh, in the mornings. But here's the thing that I want you to do. While you are checking your calendar, checking your email and all of those things, it's not necessary for you to go on Facebook, Instagram, and all of those other social media sites. It's not necessary for you to go on there um, unless, you have some communication system set up. But even then, if you have a communication system set up in Messenger, it's also going to give you a notification in your email. So you will have caught it from there anyway, okay? So it's not important necessarily to go on social media first thing in the morning uh, just to browse and see what other people are doing because that's not paying you any money for your business right? Uh, you only need to go on social media if you are doing a Facebook Live, which is contributing to your business, or if you have a business group um, that is full of leads and prospects um, that you need to go and participate in and engage with. That would be the only time, right? 
So your mornings really should be better focused and your mornings routines should really be about setting the pace for your day to be productive. That's really about what your morning routine should be about. Your morning routine set up the foundation for you to be highly productive for the rest of the day. And so this is very, very important, okay? And one of your morning routines, which really gets your day started more than anything, is by giving yourself 30 minutes to an hour so that you have your personal time, so that you can prepare your mindset for greatness, so that you can get certain things done um, that's personal to you, right? Tapping into that personal power. And so uh, then you need to have enough time to get your shower, take care of all those hygiene needs, get your clothes on. So you need to have time for that as well. And so again, you get to determine what your morning routine is. But what I want to do is I want to right now uh, share with you 10 daily habits of successful entrepreneurs. These are these are um, habits that entrepreneurs who have million-dollar companies, they tend to stick to these habits, right? Um, they cut off their ringer on their phones and let it go to voicemail when each morning when they are reviewing their day and looking at what it is that they need to get done. They don't answer the phone, okay? Uh, the next thing that they do is that most entrepreneurs make sure that they have put something on their stomach so that they don't feel drained during the morning. So they're, in addition to coffee, they're going to have a light breakfast to help them, okay? That's a morning routine. Most entrepreneurs who are earning a million dollars or more, they are going to always look at their goals for the week, what needs to get done, and then they're going to make sure that they look at who, who's doing the goals, who's performing the actions, and who they need to follow up with about it. They're also taking a look each morning at the sales that came in the day before, the leads generated the day before. They're taking a look at all of those things. So this is very, very important. Why? Even if they are not doing it, they want to look at the stats. They want to see what's happening to their business. Listen at this. Most successful entrepreneurs listen to uplifting music in the mornings when they're performing their daily morning routines. Hmm, maybe there's something to that, right? Very, very important. And most entrepreneurs doing their daily morning routine, they make sure that all activities for the rest of the day are enhancing and supporting what it is that they want to accomplish by the end of the day. This is very powerful, right? Very, very important. And most entrepreneurs who are successful, they have learned have some form of prayer or meditation every single morning right? They're focusing on um, what it is that they want to be and do in life, right? And most entrepreneurs start their day off with mental and physical exercise. So I wanted to call those things to your attention to make you aware. But one that really stays out for business, which is very, very key, okay, which is very, very key, is that they make sure that they cut their phone off, they pay attention to their calendar, they look at the goals that they'd like to accomplish by the end of the day, they make sure that the activities on their calendar are all contributing towards what it is that they really want to see done by the end of the day. Whether they actually perform the activities themselves or they delegate it, they make sure that things are being taken care of. Now, there's one last thing that a lot of entrepreneurs do, um, and that is they stay current. When running a business, of course, there are several factors that can impact your growth. There are certain things that you need to know. And so most entrepreneurs will also uh, take a look in their industry and have uh, a read on their trade publication. So one of the things that you can do is you can set Google alerts. And this is very, very helpful because this saves you a lot of time. Google has a feature called Google Alerts, right? And what you can do is you can actually set alerts that, um, that on a, any particular subject where Google will go out 
and it will allow you to create an alert about a particular subject. So it gives you all of the latest information on that particular topic, person, or, or, or subject. So you can go to Google. I'm sorry, let me give you the correct address. The correct URL address is alerts dot google dot com again alerts with an s a l e r t s dot google dot com and whatever google account you're already logged into it'll tell you you can create an alert for interesting content okay you can create a google alert for it so again this stops you from going and reading a whole bunch of papers getting knocked off focus, okay? You can create Google Alerts and, re and browse through your Google Alerts in the morning as well. But here's my challenge to you. I want you to create a morning routine. I want you to literally write it down in bullet point fashion. What should you be doing in the morning for your business? What should you be doing? And what time of day are you going to be doing it in the mornings? okay? So I want you to do that. Well, ladies, that's all I have for right now. I certainly hope that you have enjoyed today's show. Make sure you mark your calendar for next Monday as we continue with our theme, Daily Routines for Success. It is my desire that you know for sure, without a doubt, that you have the power to create your streams of abundance. All begins with you building better habits, better routines, and taking action. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.